Greetings, God's beloved. Thanks for tuning in to Messages of Hope, the sermon podcast from Living Hope Lutheran Church in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. Our reading today comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven, and our Lord Jesus the Christ. Amen. How are you feeling these days? Great. Great? Strange? Overwhelmed? Anxious? Exhausted? Enlightened? Welcomed? Excited? Full of hope and peace and joy and love? Yes, church, yes. I hope so. We're getting there. We're getting there. I mean, this time of year, it can bring so many feelings, right? We're running from place to place as we were this weekend. So many feelings of holidays past, the people we love, near or far, here or gone. I mean, maybe as we approach this new year, we begin to imagine anything is possible and those anticipatory feelings start coming up again. That this new year will be full of adventures and experiences, a fresh perspective, a potential for unlimited growth. I so often feel my limits, whether it's just getting out of bed in the morning, my back is tight or my ankles hurt. Comes with aging, I guess. I'm learning. It's new to me. But more than that, I feel the limits of time. Never enough time to get all the things done that I want. I can't do everything I'd like to do or give everything the attention I'd like to give. And often pulled in so many directions with church and family and all other things. They feel my limits too, I know. I try not to feel guilty about that, but it comes with the territory, I guess. I'm only human. We humans get stuck in patterns sometimes that are unhelpful or unhealthy. And we begin to create our own barriers for growth and our expectations become too small. We find those limits all too real. It was 20 years ago I moved from Jacksonville, Florida to Los Angeles. One freeway all the way across the country. Traded one ocean for another. The warm one for the cold one. Turned out not to be what I had hoped or expected. Not what I imagined. It was different. I was at times afraid, depressed, worried, lost. It was 11 years ago that Ivy and I left our jobs and sold our home and moved from Las Vegas to Iowa. Dubuque, Iowa. Who does that? (laughs) To begin a new path. And again, it was not what we expected. It was more so, and the experience was more than we ever could have imagined. And it brought us back to Las Vegas, back home. In those years, love grew and new lives were brought into our world. But we all long for new beginnings, don't we? To start again, to have some new adventure and experience. And maybe when that Google calendar flips over to a new year, we start to think about, what new life this year will bring. But God is always doing new things. During this season of Advent, we've heard the promises of God through the mouths of the prophets. Promises of help and liberation and patience and freedom. Promises for a future that is good and holy and full of peace and celebration. 
But when we've been through events as they had, as we have in the past two years or more, maybe it's harder for us to believe that there are good things to come, but I'm telling you there are, but it's hard to believe sometimes. We have known so much darkness. And maybe we cling to our past experience and we think, well, this is the only way it can be. That's the only way it's going to be. And maybe we fear what is to come, newness or the same old, same old. We worry about the troubles that lie ahead. We're longing for light. So we hear these opening verses of this Gospel of John. We hear echoes of the first part of the Bible itself. The story of creation in the beginning. When God was bringing new life into the world and making all things new, but we notice in this gospel how different the language is. Different from the other gospel writers like Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You notice there are a few distinct details of place sometimes. No parables, no sermon on the mount, not even a baby in the manger. Isn't that what we're supposed to hear? We'll get there. Come Friday. But in John, we hear this poetic glimpse into the heart of our God whose love came to live with us. And sometimes this language, it's cosmic, it's ethereal, it's often confusing. But like a Christmas carol, I want to say this word gets into our hearts. Sometimes like that Mariah Carey tune, you just can't get it out, but, but in a better way than that. And this truth of God's love, it begins to grow there. Silent night, just hear it, holy night. Son of God, love's first light. We'll sing it, we'll sing it on Friday, but hear that. Today we move from the Old Testament into from the law and the prophets who shared the promises of God that persisted even when the people failed to follow. We move into the New Testament, this proclamation of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, the light and life of the world. And we'll be reading this book from now until Easter Sunday, so I encourage you to follow along. If you don't have one at home, let me know. I encourage you to read along with us. It's going to be... Uh, a wonderful time in God's Word. And John's good news will bring us signs and symbols, as we heard, that point us to God in the flesh, the one who came into the world. So as we get closer to Christmas, we see all these signs and symbols all around us, right? The evergreen tree, one of my favorites, it reminds us of immortality, of birth and resurrection. We didn't invent it, of course. Greeks and Romans adorned trees with decorations and offerings to their gods. And it's told that Martin Luther popularized it in Germany, bringing the tree indoors and adding candles to it. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> It'll make them like they used to. It reminds us of the light of the world. That's what we hear in John's Gospel here today. Or the circle wreath that invokes the sense of lasting love in the world, eternal love that comes from God to us in Jesus. The silver bells ring. They remind us of the joy of the celebration of all God's blessings and the gift of forgiveness and grace. The symbols, the signs are all around. 
John presents Jesus as this light coming into a world of darkness. Light is a powerful symbol. Tuesday evening this week, we find the longest night of the year. The winter solstice, right, Jacob? He was telling me about it. Yeah. We can imagine a time when light was scarce and the dark was frightening, dangerous. We notice when there's a power outage here how how odd that is to us. We know something's wrong when street lamps start to fail or we wonder what's going on. Do you ever notice a car driving without its lights on? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You honk your horn up. (laughs) It's disturbing, right? We, We need a little light in our lives, too. And darkness can be a limiting thing for us. I can't, I can't see anything in the dark without these glasses. A boundary between what we see and what we know. You wouldn't like to go walking down a dark alleyway downtown at night. You probably shouldn't. We don't know what we might find, right? You never know. Danger exists. It's real. The fear of the unknown can just creep us out too. So we hear the power in this promise of light coming into the world. Peace, newness, safety, freedom. We hear it seven times in nine verses in this reading, repeated for a reason. The light of the world meant freedom from fear, possibility of new life and love unlimited. Love lives in that light. As John tells us, there was the word, In the beginning, even before the beginning, there was this light, this word with God, and that was God. And we remember the story of creation, the first word that speaks creation into being. Let there be light. Let there be light. There we go. The word, this word, and it called forth light that brought everything. Not one thing came into being without that word sent from God. John says he was sent to testify, to point us to the word, to point to that light and that life in the world that did not know, that could not perceive in the darkness. And the word became flesh and lived among us. When I moved across the country, I moved to LA and and I didn't know any better. I lived in Van Nuys, California. Moved to an apartment building far from anyone I knew, had ever known, was not the part of town that I wanted to be in, but it was the place I could afford at the time. It was a tall building on the corner of Sepulveda and Valerio. And there was a pool there, but it was always cold because the tall building blocked out most of the light. I remember when the LAPD shut down the street because there were two rival gangs coming at each other. I remember when a car crashed into the fire hydrant right there on the corner and the water shot higher than the building. Around the corner there were children playing soccer in a mostly dirt lot and the ever-present elote vendor ringing his bell. I got to know a few of my neighbors there though. An older man who walked his two Dobermans down from the third floor to take them outside every day. Family who made wonderful smelling Indian food on the weekend. A couple of young aspiring actors trying to make their dreams come true. All of us were kind of just in this together. We knew what it was like to struggle and find our way in this big city. 
The gospel writer says the word put on flesh. Eugene B. Peterson in his Bible paraphrase the message writes that the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Like a neighbor, the word of God moved in. As a human being, I have limits. We all do. I may not be able to be everywhere at once or do everything I'd like to do. I get afraid. I get lost sometimes. But there is a part of me that is less limited, I think. A part of us that is a little less limited. Love, right? The love I get to share in my family, in my community, with all of you lasts and lasts. Over time, it doesn't dissipate. It gets deeper even. It, it becomes all the more meaningful as we navigate struggles and conflicts together. As I get to share life experiences with my partner, with my children, with all of you. Love only grows. It gets multiplied when we get to share our time together. Learn more about one another. Share time in the community. Care for our neighbors. We still will struggle together. We still will have conflicts and pain and we will make mistakes. That's life. We are human. That God would want to become one of those humans is still such a mystery to us. In the beginning, unlimited light and love took on the limits of human life. That the world would be renewed, enlightened and awakened again to the glory of God. And now in these dark times, when the world longs for light but does not know it, when the darkness of disease still haunts us, when fear and hatred and racism and injustice still seem to rule, can we hear these promises again through the power of the Spirit of God in us? We might be ones that come to testify too, to point to the light, to the light of Christ, the true light. Not lifting ourselves up, but pointing to God, the love of Christ in our world, which so often shows up as what it is, love in the hearts and actions of others. And we can see again. We can welcome Christ again. We can live in that love again. We've been given this power. The gospel tells us this power to become God's children. Through our baptism, through the Holy Spirit, refreshed and renewed again today, this happy morning at this table. Freed from our anxiety and exhaustion and selfishness and sin and welcomed into hope and peace and joy. And love through the cross. This word came into the world and moved into our neighborhood. Jesus is alive and here with us. The light of the world, love unlimited, the word of God, Jesus Christ, is the one who has come and is coming for you and for me and for us. This love that knows no barriers, no darkness, no fear but only love and grace and glory and truth. This God is love, and love came to live with us, for us, for always. Amen.